Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. As Christians, there are some times when we feel ourselves challenged to use our gifts and abilities for God, and we oftentimes struggle with our motivations for living the life of faith. Today, we continue our series titled The Journey with Part 11, which is Finding Your Motivation. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. not going to go here, but in Kings chapter 19, Elijah had been fighting with the prophets of Ahab. And as he had been fighting against the prophets of Ahab, he had a tremendous victory where God actually caused, during a drought, fire to come from heaven. When that fire came down, (laughs) the prophets who had been prophesying against the God of Israel, because yes, there are false prophets as well as real prophets. These prophets had been prophesying against God and against Elijah. And so all of a sudden, this Elijah's one person, and there's 400 of them. And they had been calling for their God to show up and and nothing happened, and so Elijah, during a drought, poured water on a sacrifice and then called fire out of heaven. <laughs> fire came down, sucked up all the water, and Elijah then overcame those prophets. Those prophets were sent by Jezebel, who was the wife of King Ahab. And Jezebel was a woman who was extremely independent and actually controlled Ahab. And so she, she continued to, to push Ahab against God. And I'm going to tell you why I'm getting at this. She continued to push Ahab against God and against who spoke for God. Because she was trying to elevate Ahab to elevate herself. Amen. So she needed Ahab to be strong and she needed Ahab to be independent because she desired to be strong and independent. So she pushed him out where he was not supposed to be. And she had him against the prophet of God who then stands against them, wins a war, but then Jezebel says these words. She said, be it unto me myself if you are not dead by sundown. You prophet, you might have killed all my prophets. You might have you done all this. You might say you stand for God, but be it to me, to me, if you aren't dead by the time the sun goes down. And after this tremendous victory as a believer in God, Ahab finds himself with a threat upon his life that drives him to hide. And he runs to hide from Jezebel. And he goes out into the wilderness and God sends birds to feed him in the wilderness. And so while he's hiding for his life, God sends him and there's a little brook there that he drinks from and birds bring him food. And not just any birds, it says that ravens brought him food. And ravens are what we know as crows. And I have yet to see a crow Bring any food to anybody. <laughs> Amen. I have not 
seen it happen. Matter of fact, I've seen crows fighting over stuff you threw away. Amen. So he's there for days and days. And finally God says, get up. I'm going to leave something else for you. You go on a journey. Won't you go out further? And so he goes by the word of God and goes further out and he finds a cave. And he goes into this cave and he's still hiding out in the cave. (laughs) And then the voice of the Lord came to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah answers, he said, I've been zealous for God. He said, God, I was living for you. I was doing what you told me to do. And I saw false prophets and I stood against them when other people were standing in the shadows. But now, I'm the only one left. <laughs> if you felt like that, man, I've been a man, Lord, I've been doing what you asked me to do and I'm the only one out here. <laughs> man, I'm the only one left, man. Have you ever felt like that? Man, Lord, I gave you my gifts. I gave you my talents. I heard the preaching. I did what I'm supposed to do. I've done all those things. But man, here I am out here by myself. Have you ever felt like that? Amen. Well, God came and showed himself strong for Elijah and told Elijah. He said, Elijah, let me tell you something. He said, I got people you don't even know about who love me just like you do. Amen. You might feel like you're by yourself, but there are others. I have preserved 7,000 people. You think you're by yourself, but there's another 7,000 people that are love God like you do. You are not by yourself. Now get up off of your duff. (laughs) Rise and do what I'm getting ready to tell you to do. I want you to go anoint a man to be king in the place of a person you're afraid of. I want you to know another person to be a prophet in your place. (laughs) And I want you to prophet another man to be king over Judah. (laughs) Amen. And Elisha obeyed the voice of the Lord. And for the next several chapters, we see Elisha living bold and doing what he knew he was supposed to do all along. As a matter of fact, what we actually see Elijah Elijah do is we see Elijah prophesy again about this drought is going to be over, rain is going to come, and then he then proceeded to run 30 miles from one city to the next and outran chariots that were going that that way. I'm telling you that because there are seasons in your life where you're going to lose your sense of motivation regarding the kingdom. Amen. This season's in life, you're going to lose your motivation concerning who you are, what you call to do, and you're going to feel like you're the only person or maybe you missed this or missed that or whatever the story might be for you in your life. But there's going to come a day when you're going to feel like, man, I got no motivation. (laughs) Amen. Can somebody say amen, please? (laughs) Amen. I'm going to talk to you today about finding your motivation. Amen. We've been talking about the journey, and the journey means nothing if you ain't motivated to go. Amen. Come on, you can have a great mission ahead, or you can have a, a fabulous destiny in, in, your, in, in your pathway, but if you're not motivated to go to your destiny, you ain't getting there. Amen. 
You must find in your spirit the motivation. And there is only one motivation that God has prescribed for the New Testament believer. There's only one. (laughs) Amen. I'm going to talk to you about it. We're going to review where we were. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to go to a few different scriptures I want you to think about. Because actually motivation is tied to your giftings. Amen. Motivation is tied to your giftings. You are gifted with a purpose. Our guiding principle number six is that every believer is gifted and anointed to make a difference. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say you're gifted and you are anointed to make a a difference. But you can't make a difference if you're not motivated. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be what? I don't want you to be ignorant. First of all, we know that there's two kinds of gifts. There's natural gifts, which everybody has. Amen. If you're tall, you're gifted. If you're short, you're gifted. If you're thin, you're gifted. If you're not thin, you're gifted. Amen. Amen. No matter what you'll get, no matter who you are, you're gifted. Amen. Come on, I need y'all to be excited. I'm gifted. Come on, say it. Come on, I'm gifted. Come on. I know we are in a season where you are being asked to consider life outside of God. Everything around you asks you to consider life without God in it. Matter of fact, if you say, I was at school praying. These kids can't pray in here. Why not? Ain't it a free country? Yeah. Ain't it free to practice religion? Yeah. How come I can't pray? Well, you can pray as long as an adult didn't ask you to pray. You think I'm joking. That's what they tell kids in school. If an adult says pray, you can't pray. Y'all looking at me like, serious? Yes, I'm serious. Kids, if a kid's going to pray in school, he has to do it himself, and he has to do it where nobody can see him. In other words, children are being trained to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, a teacher can stand and tell kids to practice transcendental meditation. But a teacher can't tell you to pray. Because the life ain't fair. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and Christians have lost their motivation when it comes to standing. So concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want, you to be, I want you to understand that you have spiritual gifts and you might have to push to use them. Amen. Second, go down to verse uh, four. And we covered this before, but I want you to think about this. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, <clears throat> but it is the same God who works all in all. In other words, there's one God, he's working all in all, but there is diversity of gifts, 
diversity of environments that they're in, and diversity of application and how they get manifested. Amen? So somebody can have a gift of exhortation. Somebody has a gift of leadership. Somebody has a gift here, gear. We got diversities of gifts. You might look at yourself and say, man, I got leadership and I have exhortation. Great. You probably got something else too. There's diversities of gifts, and not just between us, there's diversities of gifts in you. Amen. Amen. I used to, when I, when I was doing uh, job placement, I would sit down with people who've been doing the same job a long time, and i say, okay, what do you want to do? I don't know. Well, what, we'll just talk about your abilities. All I know how to do is this. I'm like, that's not true. No, at my job, all I, I used this one program. I did this. I, I used to build this one thing. Whatever the case may be, they'd be, they'd be right there and they would be stuck there because repetition of one thing starts to make you believe that's all you know how to do. When it's not all you know how to do. Amen? Same person telling me they can't do something. Ah, this is all I know how to do. Saw them two days later. And they was at this, this thing, leading the whole group. They was all into it. <laughs> I said, you might have the gift of exhortation. Because <laughs> you got the whole group going here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. See, we're not used to translating gifts into different environments. And so we start believing we only have one thing that we can do. And you don't. You have many things you can do. You have an unlimited number of things you can do. I can do all kinds of stuff. Amen. Come on. I can do all kinds of stuff. You need to say, I can do all kinds of stuff. Come on. Come on. Especially in this season, in Google season, YouTube season. Yeah. Something was wrong with my daughter's car, right? The gear shift wasn't working, right? It gear shifts not connecting at all. You know what we did? We Googled it. We found a video on exactly that issue. Stuck my hand down there in the dark. Stuck my, I watched the video. I stuck my hand down under this thing, down in the engine. Shoop. Got it back on. Now she had to go to the shop and get it fixed for real. <laughs> but I got it going. Amen. Why? Because you can do anything. <laughs> the Bible tells us I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And whether we believe it or not, it is true. Pastor Edward just told you there's truth and there's facts. And you got facts about what you don't know, but you got truth that you can do all things. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so there's some things we might need to get busy doing. Amen. But the thing that will stand between you and doing what you're called to do is an adversary who tries to rob you of your motivation. <laughs> he comes and tries to rob you of your motivation because he knows if he can get you unmotivated, he can stop you from doing anything. Come on now. Come on. I was going to preach this message two weeks ago, but the Lord told me, wait. So here it comes. Amen. <laughs> amen. Right word in the right season. Amen. So that way, even if you don't say amen, I know you hear an amen. 
<laughs> Amen. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for who? The profit of all. In other words, you're gifted and you got all these gifts. You have everything in you for the profit of other people. Amen. And guess what? In some cases, people will pay you for your gifts. Amen. That's what a job is called. <laughs> you have a gift. I will pay you for your gift. That's called a job. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we know how it works. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> for the profit of who? So your gift profits who? So how do you profit? Thank you. From other people's gifts. Amen. Amen. I go to work and provide my job with something so I can go buy what the farmers grew. Amen. Amen. And drive the car that the people at the manufacturing plant built. Amen. That's how a system works. And why is that important to you? Because you need to always make sure that you understand there's a natural system and a spiritual system. Amen. We know how the natural system works, but there's a spiritual system as well. Amen. And if a group of people called a church recognize that something's happening in the church that seems like a deficit, it's because somebody's not releasing their gift to it. Amen. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. If something's in the church is missing, don't say, man, why is the church missing this? Say, Lord, can I do that? Lord, would you have me to do that? And guess what? I guarantee you, you'll be able to do it. I was 24 years old. I gave my life to Jesus a year before that. I was sitting in a pew, minding my own business, saying, Lord, whatever you desire, I'll do your will. You know how we, when we get saved, we all, oh, Lord, I'll do your will, whatever you say. <laughs> you know, that, that, that new believer zeal, amen. Oh, Jesus, whatever you say, I'll go wherever you say to go. <laughs> amen. I was praying one of them prayers before service. I was early for church, y'all. I was sitting on the second row. I'm early for church. Church ain't even started yet. I got enough time to stand there and pray. Oh, Jesus. And I got my Bible and I got the church program. I got those two things in my hands. I'm praying. Whatever you, what do you want me to do? And I heard a voice. I'm serious. I really, I heard a voice clear as day. It said, I didn't call you to sit on a pew. I got work for you to do. And I was like, ooh. (laughs) That was a a voice. And it was clear too. Oh no. I shook me up. I sat down. Man. And I kind of fumbled around with my Bible. I didn't know what to do. And I opened the program, and the very last line said, Pastor Brown needs people to volunteer in the media department. I didn't know nothing about media at all. But I heard a voice. So I said, I don't see no other option, so I'm going to call Pastor Brown. (laughs) I went and saw Pastor Brown, and Pastor Brown 
said, hey, come on, uh, I'm going to introduce you to people on the team. And he introduced me to people. And he said, this is Tammy, who's in charge of the media. And this is so-and-so. And Vince introduced me, everybody. But, you know, but I was, I was saved and sanctified. So my eyes was. <laughs> uh, yeah, Amen. I did open them at some point, y'all. See, amen. (laughs) Amen. But that day, I was... (laughs) Uh, Because I just heard the voice of God. I ain't looking around. I'm I'm looking for Jesus. Nobody else. (laughs) Amen. The rest is history. Amen. But I was exposed that day... To a series of choices. I could either confess what I can't do, or I can say, thank you, Lord, for showing me how to. And God, God showed, did a how-to in me, and he taught me stuff I wasn't supposed to know. I started learning sound, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't know how to run sound. And then one day, I, I bought some videotapes. I said, I'm going to learn. I'm going to really learn. And I, I said, man, I've been doing it right. I bought these videos, and I've been doing it right the whole time, letting people tell me I was wrong. Amen. Because there's what we think we know, and there's what God reveals. Amen. And God revealed something, things to me. I'm looking at the board. I'm saying, why are these numbers on here? Because everybody's just moving the sliders all around. Why are there numbers on here? These numbers must mean something. And I thought to myself, I said, well, it's positive numbers and negative numbers. That must mean I need to stay close to zero. What do you know? I was right. (laughs) Because why? God will teach you stuff that you're not supposed to know. This is what it says in the book of Jeremiah, verse chapter 33. He says, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. (laughs) Amen. He said, I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. That's God making a promise to us that if we don't know something, we can call on him. He will answer and he will show us stuff we need to know. Amen. God will show you stuff you need to know when you need to know it. If you call on him when the time comes. Amen. Amen. And it's best to make a practice of calling on him all the time. So when he speaks, you know it was his voice. Amen. Because if that day I had been standing there and I heard a voice and I turned around and said, who's talking to me? (laughs) and nobody's there i said oh man i'm going crazy oh man oh i'm I'm, man i'm not i'm not watching no more movies i'm just man no but i had been praying daily and my sensitivity was there so even though i heard a voice i never knew before i knew it was god i didn't even question the voice i didn't know what to do when i heard it but I didn't question that it was God's voice. And so I just, like I said, the first, my first instinct was, oh, let me, let me look in my Bible, but nothing was standing out. So then, Lord, look at that paper. It's your next step right there. And here's what's powerful about God. God can release your destiny with one step of obedience. One step of obedience can release your destiny coming into play. Amen? Amen. Come on. So we're talking about finding your motivation. So 
turn real quickly to Romans 12. We went there previously a couple weeks ago. Take a look at Romans 12. And we're going to go to verse 11. Excuse me, Romans 12, verse 6. Romans 12 and 6. Amen. Romans 12 and 6 says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. Wait a minute. Didn't we just see something having differing gifts in, in 1 Corinthians? So let's say it again here. Therefore, having differing gifts according to the grace that's given to us, let us use half of them. Use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy how? In proportion to our faith. Amen. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Man. So in 1 Corinthians, we saw what are called the gifts of the Spirit. In other words, there are gifts that come as the Spirit wills. They're the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits, miracles, healings, and faith. Those nine are called gifts of the Spirit. They come as the Spirit wills. In other words, you're operating, moving in your life, just doing what you do, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will just use you in one of those areas. Amen. A woman walked up to me and started telling me off. Oh, yeah. She walked up, walked, walked, into, walked into my office, and wasn't but like this big. I'm sitting at the desk. I'm still taller than her. <laughs> She's telling me off. She's reading me. This is some years, this is a couple of years back. She's telling me, you need to tell your staff to blah, 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 and you need to do this. And sometimes you need to wipe that smile off your face, and you need to, you need to. Oh, yeah, she was reading me up. I'm like, And, I'm, and, 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 and the first thing is, I'm getting mad. How are you going to walk in my office? How are you going to come in my territory and attack? And I'm, I'm, I'm getting upset. And then all of a sudden, a peace came over me. Peace of God came over me. And she's telling me how I need to tell my staff off. And all of a sudden I said, you know what? I said, I'm six foot six. I said, I weigh 240 pounds. I said, the day, the day I stand up and start screaming in this building, they're going to call the highway patrol and they all coming down here for me. Because <laughs> I can hear the phone call right now. There's a man, he's screaming in the building. What does he look like? He's about six six. He's about 240 pounds. And then he's a black man. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, that's not finna happen, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, so I'm, just, I'm just telling her, my, now, my, now I'm in my mind, I'm just telling her what I think. But I'm peaceful. 
Because the Holy Spirit brought me a peace. And then, out of my mouth, that I wasn't even thinking about, don't know nothing about, I said something. I said, if you had a son who was a minority, and he pop up, and I started speaking. And then it got to be where it's not, I'm not just, now I'm not just speaking, now I'm locked on it. And I started going in. I started going in. And she backed up. And she said, how did you know my son was mixed? And then it was how to this, how to this, how to this, how to this. You know what's happening? The word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit was flowing through me because he brought the peace of God on me. So I didn't just spit out what I want to say. <laughs> As the Spirit willed, even though I'm ready to be me. But all of a sudden, the Spirit is speaking to her as the Spirit wills through his gifts in operation that I was not in control of, nor did I know anything about. I didn't know anything about that lady. I didn't know about her kids. I didn't know anything about her kids. And her kids, I'm trying to figure out how to say it right. Um, her, Her kids were mixed with an ethnicity that the American government is not friendly with. Okay, I'll say it that way. Uh, so Anyway, so all of a sudden, she was a different person. And when she said, how did you know? I said, God tells me stuff. Now, I'm saying that because there are those kind of gifts that operate as the Spirit wills, and all we have to do is keep is not be ignorant of spiritual gifts and keep ourselves in position and God will use us. Amen? Amen. Then we have these gifts that we just read here in Romans chapter 12. These come in accordance with your faith. These are ministry gifts. In other words, these are gifts that we use in the ministry that help us both in church and out of church, but they're gifts that are used to minister to others. And they don't come as the Spirit wills. Those gifts of the Spirit come as the Spirit wills. These gifts come as your faith allows them to come. In other words, if you don't believe you can teach, you never will open your mouth, even when you know. Amen. If you don't believe you're an encourager or an exhorter, then when things happen and everybody's down, you say, man, somebody need to come cheer these people up. (laughs) Amen. If you don't realize that you have compassion in your heart, you will see things and feel bad about it and enter into sympathy. And the difference between sympathy and compassion is sympathy feels and recognizes, I feel sorry for you and there's nothing I can do about it. Compassion says, I love you and I see your situation and I'm going to help you. Compassion and mercy they're tied together. And so you may have that, that faith to always say, man, when somebody's hurting, I can help them. And some of us have that in us. It's just a faith that's in us that if we see something, we believe we can do something about it. It's according to our faith and we step in and we do stuff according to our faith. Amen. Some people love kids and they see a kid and they can't get past the kid. They go, see a kid, I got to love on this kid. 
Why? Because I got that kind of compassion and I believe that I have something to offer them. I can love on them. I can bless them. I can speak over them. Amen. Some people walk down the street and they see homeless people and they know I can, I can encourage you. I can encourage them. And they, and they can sit down on the curb and talk to folks and love on folks and be a blessing to them. Why? Because they have faith to do that. Amen. Any of us could, but some of us got faith to do it. Amen. Amen. Come on. Say, Lord, increase my faith. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4. I'm just going to hop through and show you some gifts. And then I'm going to talk to you about motivation. Amen. Is that okay with you? Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, Romans 12 had ministry gifts. And then there's another layer of ministry gifts, which is called, often referred to as fivefold ministry gifts. So let's look at these. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to go to verse 11. And it says, and he himself, who is he? Jesus. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for what? The work of ministry. Very important to understand. These five gifts equip and edify. Amen? They equip and edify the rest of the body of Christ for the work of ministry. In other words, they equip and edify for the work of the other seven gifts that we just talked about. Amen. So my responsibility is to equip you to do one of those seven gifts or to do multiples of those seven gifts or to do all of those seven gifts. Amen. Amen. Y'all ain't excited about that. <laughs> Amen. Fivefold ministry gifts. First is the apostle. Now, debated issue with apostleship. How does one become an apostle? An apostle is an apostle because of the gifts that they operate within. And those gifts happen to be actually a pretty simple list. (laughs) Number one, they are an establisher. In other words, an apostle is an individual who sees what God wants and they are willing and able to go establish where no one else is. Amen? That's the first. The second is that the apostle usually has matured to apostleship through one or multiple of the other fivefold ministry gifts. In other words, somebody may have a prophetic gift or a teaching gift or an evangelistic gift, and they have, through operation of that gift, found themselves where they are establishing new ground or moving into new arenas that have not been, there, been touched before. So their gift has come to a point where their gift has become inclusive of other gifts and now is beginning to move and give direction in a new area. That is apostleship. The second is 
the prophetic, some to be prophets. What is a prophet? This one also is many times misunderstood because people try to make Old Testament prophecy a New Testament operation. And it's not the same. A New Testament prophet has the Holy Spirit, but then again, everybody they're prophesying to has the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So the prophet is not a sacred seer who sees what nobody else can see. Amen. So what is they? They're an individual who brings exhortation and they bring the word of the Lord in the moment to the body of Christ. But remember, fivefold ministry is for equipping, not observation. In other words, you don't, a prophet isn't there to be seen. A prophet is there to equip. Amen? Is that clear? Amen. Verse, uh, excuse me. Some prophets. The prophet also will operate within gifts of the Spirit, but not on demand, because gifts of the Spirit operate as the Spirit wills. So if a person is a prophet and they're operating on demand, there may be something else working here. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Listen, I'm taking y'all to deep water because y'all dealing with some deep stuff outside the walls. You need to understand this because you see all this kind of stuff. Amen. Amen. I knew some Christians that was calling, calling a Miss Cleo back in the day. Amen. Well, you know, she's really, you know, she's, she's, you know, she's they call her this, but she's really a prophet of God. Yeah, but she didn't see the cops coming. So, uh, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Man, she ain't the only one out there. There's more where she came from. Amen. Some evangelists, some evangelists, some people are gifted at creating environments in which evangelism occurs. In other words, they're not just the person outwinning individuals. They are, they are able to create an environment for many people to come to the Lord. And I haven't said names, but I'll say this name because there's, there's a connection with us. So, The banks here were affiliated and still are connected with Mario Murillo Ministries. And so Mario Murillo is an evangelist. And he's been an evangelist for years. And he has the ability to start a crusade and have cities move. Amen? Why? Because he has that evangelistic gift not just to win individuals, but to actually create an environment where things happen. Amen. Amen. So he's got that kind of gift. Amen. So next is the pastor. Now this word gets used so out of context 
Because there's a lot of people who start a church who are prophets, and they call themselves pastors. And you go to the service, and all happen, only thing that happens is we went to this one service, and the, the, and the leader is, a, is prophetic. He's, he's gifted prophetic. He's five-fold ministry gifted. I respect his gift 100%. But when we went to his service, all, ha- all that happened was prophesying. Whole worship service was a, big pro- was a prophecy. Whole service. And people were giving long prophecies. It was so long. I said, man, I, I, don't even remember what, I don't even remember what the Lord said. <laughs> they was pro- it was prophesying, man. And then one prophet was going a long time. Then another prophet. I said, man, I, I walked outside. I don't remember nothing. And, I don't, and I, again, well, I'm not, I, I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. I couldn't, I couldn't hold it all. It was so much happening. Man, we call him pastor, but he's not gifted that way. What he's gifted with is he's gifted, gifted in the prophetic, and he operates in the prophetic, and that's what he does. And he, he's training other people. They're raising up, and he's raising people, raising up with the prophetic gifts. Why? Because that's what he's sowing. That's what he has to offer. So it was awesome, but it was long. <laughs> Then there's the teacher. The teacher is the individual who can teach, but God deposits in them a system of thought. So it's not just I have one thing to teach. There's a system of thinking that the teacher then teaches. It's a kingdom thought process that the, that the, that the teacher then is pushing out. So there's a bunch of things that are all connected to each other that are all being pushed forward in thought. And that's what the teacher's responsibility is to deal with the mindset of the people of God so that they can think as God wants them to think. Amen. Amen. So we have the, uh, the apostle that's supposed to look out and see where new ground needs to be taken. Then we have the prophet who is there to inspire and to keep the people uh, edified and built up. Then we have the evangelist who creates the atmosphere for people to come to Christ and be one. Then we have the shepherd, the pastor, who's there to shepherd people and to cover them and to be concerned and care for the individuals. And we have the teacher who is there to help establish a new way of thinking and to help with the renewing of the mind so that the body of Christ is edified. And look at the next verse. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, there are deceitful things that are going to pull you off the things of God. And you need to have the influence of ministry gifts in order to help you be solidified and be where you need to be. Amen. 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 So these three types of gifts, all spiritual gifts, gifts of the spirit that come as the spirit wills, ministry gifts that are gifts of all of us that we all enter into, we all operate in. And then we have fivefold ministry gifts, which are there to help govern the body of Christ and train us until we all come to unity. Ask your neighbor, say, are we unified between you and I? Now turn around, ask your neighbor, other neighbor, say, are we unified between you and I? (laughs) Amen. 
because I'm going to keep teaching until we all unify. <laughs> Amen. Now, here's motivation. Because we've been talking about gifts, but now let's hit the motivation. In each of these three chapters, there's something similar that happens in each of these three chapters. And each of these tra- three chapters have some piece of them that gives us a glimpse of what God's intent and what our motivation has to be. And earlier we talked about giving, and we talked about there's giving of your time, your talents, and your treasure. And the fact of the matter is, is that when it comes to giving your time, your talents, and, the tre- and your treasure, you can only give when you are motivated to give. You can only give when you're motivated to give. I went to this, I went to this service one time, and the pastor was taking an offering. He did a nice job. He did a nice, nice offering. He did it. They, t- they took the offering. And we're sitting there for a little while. And the rest of the service is going on. We're all into the service. And then the pastor came back out. He said, we didn't make our goal. So he said, we didn't make our goal. So we're going to take another offering. And this time, <laughs> when we take this offering, I want you all to really meditate on what the Lord would have you to give. I thought, I meditated the first time. (laughs) But I understand. (laughs) So I said, okay, well. I did did my grudging gift, right? God loves a cheerful giver. (laughs) I gave my grudging gift. (laughs) Service going on. Came back out again. Came out the third time. He said, Brothers, we didn't, brothers, sisters, we didn't make it. We got to, you know. So now I'm gone from cheerful to grudging to stubborn. Because <laughs> now I'm 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 dug in. I'm I'm yeah, you know I'm, not, yeah I promised the Lord one time again when I was young and the Lord oh Jesus I do whatever you say. Uh, back in them days I said I'll never let an offering basket pass me Lord without me doing something. <laughs> I said oh Lord I made a <laughs> and the Lord brought it to my remembrance. I said oh man I did make God a promise here. So I'm, I'm fighting. And I actually gave it. Why did I give? See, see, it wasn't the pastor anymore. Because see, the pastor, I, I'm, I'm done with him. <laughs> and, and again, I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not, not him I'm done with the situation, right? I'm, I'm, uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know, I've just said no. I'm sitting in your pew, pastor, but I say no. <laughs> I wasn't doing nothing. But I told God something. And God reminded me what I told him. And I had to honor what I said to God. Amen. Amen. So ultimately, 
when you won't do for other people, you will do out of love for God. Amen. Amen. Come on. What you won't do for people, you will do for God. And if God becomes your motivation, if the love of God becomes your motivation for things, it will see you through circumstances you don't want to be in, and it will see you through things you don't want to do. Amen. Amen. See, here's the common thread between all of these passages. All these passages have something in them that says that your gifts are not for you, they're for somebody else, and you need to give them because of God. (laughs) Amen. Because of the grace, having different gifts, because of the grace that is set on you. What? You should love God because of the grace. The unmerited favor that God placed on your life as a result of his sacrifice for you. Man, okay, Lord, I'll give you my gifts. I remember one time I was so hot under the collar about something that happened to church. I was so hot. I was hot, 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 hot. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm fuming. I'm trying to figure out how I'm not, I'm not, going, I'm not doing nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I ain't doing not a not, not one more nothing. <laughs> I was mad, hot under the collar. And then I went to bed and I had a dream. And in the dream, I was walking down this corridor and all these people were walking together. Walking down this corridor and walking and walking. And everybody's walking and it's like this, it's almost like a cave kind of thing. And so we're all walking through it, and then my pastor was in the crowd. And so we're all walking. And we got to this one place, and there was a picture on the wall. And as we're standing there, everybody starts looking, and everybody says, it's Jesus. And everybody's standing there looking at this picture saying, it's Jesus. And I'm looking, and I'm thinking, that ain't Jesus. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the picture changed. And the picture totally turned into a demonic-looking figure. But the people had been calling it Jesus, and they couldn't stop looking at it. And so half the people kept walking. The other half was stuck. And I'm looking at the people like, and so I kept walking. And I'm walking and walking and walking. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me. And I was out of there And I was like in a prayer position. And the Lord said to me, he said, judgment is about to begin. Tell my people. And I woke up. I was like, oh, Lord, what what was that? And I've been in ministry ever since. Because what the Lord Lord was helping me see was that I'm mad and so I'm going to shut down. But the Lord said, if you shut down, there are people who will be deceived if you don't speak. And I knew it all of a sudden. And so now, while I'm mad, I can put my anger in a new place. I can be angry and not sin. I still don't like what happened. But I'm not going to be sinful in disobeying God because of something that happened. Amen. Amen. And the Lord had to help me understand that moment 
the gravity of ministry and the fact that you have something to offer and you can't let your wound, you can't let your hurt stop you from fulfilling what God has given you to do. Because if you choose not to, there are people who will pay a price. Amen. And so I have never stopped ministry since that day. I never stopped. I never stopped. When my mother died, I didn't stop. I taught until the time we, I taught until I was teaching classes. I taught class all the way up to when we had to leave to go to Atlanta. My mother passed while we were there. I had somebody substitute for me then. And when we got back, I went right back to teaching. Why? Because that's my life. It's my life. And I've, I've come to love God so that even when I don't like stuff, I can work through it. I can work through it because I love God more than I love stuff. I love God more than I love other people's decisions. Amen. I love God more than I love getting hurt. Amen. I love God more than that. And because that love for God becomes my motivation, then when difficult times come, I don't melt. Amen. Not because I'm stronger than anybody else, but because the love of God that has gapped me. There's one passage that says that the love of God has apprehended us. You know, you're watching the five o'clock news. They said the suspect was apprehended, right? What does it mean? That he was minding his own business and they got him or her. <laughs> Amen. I ain't got no gender bias. Amen. <laughs> but I've been apprehended by the love of God and you have too. Amen. And so there are certain things that we just got to process and put them where they belong and then rise up and let these gifts operate through us. By faith, start to do what God's called us to do. Amen. Listen, listen, I want you to understand something. Uh, oh, Holy Ghost, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Go to, um, go to Romans 12 and 9. Romans 12 and 9. I'm going to hit a couple of passages real quick and I'm not going to explain them. I'm going to let them speak for themselves. Amen? Because God is good like that. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. When you get there, say, I'm, I'm faster than my pastor. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. So right after he talks about the gifts that we're supposed to operate in accordance to our faith, the very next word he says is, let your love be without hypocrisy. In other words, don't start using your gifts and start believing in your own smoke. Amen. 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 1 Corinthians 12. Because I said I ain't going to. Yeah, let me just stick with what I said. Romans 12. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to go to verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. Actually, just look up at the screen. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? 
No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Next verse. Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. In other words, you should desire to have the best that God can give you. Amen? And yet I show you a more excellent way. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. should be the next page. And it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Mm-mm-mm. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. In other words, you're supposed to chase love and desire to be gifted. Amen. We're teaching about gifts, but you don't have to desire the gifts. He said, earnestly, you should seek the best gifts. Get the best gifts you can from God. Let God use you as as the best that he can use you. But in the middle of that, the way you do that is to make sure your motivation is love for God first and love people after that. Amen. Jonah loved God, but he hated people. (laughs) He having a dialogue with God. I love you. God, do whatever you say, except I ain't going over to Nineveh and talk to them Ninevites. I ain't having nothing to do with no Ninevites. (laughs) <laughs> them Ninevites are on their own I'm not going there but his love for God caused him to have to allow himself to be taken there and go preach to them and even mad after we go to the very end of the book of Jonah it said Jonah was mad sitting on the beach because the people all repented he's mad Ninevites done repented I'm sorry. (laughs) I wanted them to be destroyed, man. I've been waiting all this time to see these Ninevites get destroyed, and the Lord had mercy on them. He's mad, and God had to tell him, I love you. They repented. Would you be so angry that you would let these little ones who ain't even old enough to know left be destroyed? So we got to make sure that we love God and love people. Because people who love God and don't love people are going to stand before God and find out something about God. And people who love people and love God are going to find out hell might be full of them. We need both. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, last thing. Actually, I can't even go to the last one. It was going to take too long. Here's the, here's the bottom line. Keep love as your motivation. Love God deeply. When we worship, love God in your worship. Love God in your worship. Sometimes it may seem like we're just singing, but we're not. We're, we're worshiping God. And when you turn your singing into worship and the love begins to flow between you and God, Trust me, when you go out the walls, it will stay with you. It's nice when the songs stay with me. It's better when God stays with me. 
It's better when, when, when that, that dialogue with God continues when I go out the door and then when I'm in a hard place and I hear his voice speak to me, I say, man, thank you, Lord, for being there. When you're away from here, take that time. Look at your calendar and say, Lord, I spend time on everything. I'm going to tie the time to you. I'm going to give you some of my time. I'm just going to take some time and I'm just going to give it to you. And so everybody in my house will know it's my time with God. It's daddy's time with God. It's mama's time with God. Hey, baby, it's my time with God. So that they know this is my time. For years, I've been up before most people in the house. That's my time. That's my time. And I'm going to pray in that time. I'm going to worship in that time. I'm going to do whatever I need to do at that time. Then we'll get dressed and go to work. Amen. That's my time. And guess what? Y'all, if y'all see me in the afternoon, I'll be taking a nap. Don't be, don't be pounding me because I'm taking a nap. <laughs> I got up early. <laughs> Amen. The word says there remains a rest for the people of God. Amen. A nap is a biblical thing to take. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Keep your motivation as God. Keep it. Love God. Love people. Let God do the work. He's going to use all the rest of your gifts so we can keep everything there. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for the receptivity of the hearts of people in the room. Lord, I thank you as people receive this word, let it graft into them. Let it produce 30, 60, and 100-fold fruit. I thank you for the giftedness of the people in the room. I thank you for... Thank you for listening to today's message titled, Finding Your Motivation, from our series titled, The Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you by myself or any of our associate pastors here at Abundant Life Worship Center. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And remember, until then, Jesus came that you may have life, and that more abundantly.